2: all right, we're not waiting for Steve. Let's just kick this thing off and see what happens. So let me do my best, Bill. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Radio Festivist 2022 airing of the grievances. Normally, we would have liked to do this in person, as we have done for the last three, four four something years. I think we skipped last year because of COVID. Um, This year was kind of a combination of uh, everyone hating the Flyers, everyone on the Broad Street hockey staff having some prior commitment tonight and uh, me and Steph driver being lazy and not getting it done. So no Festivus party this year, but that doesn't mean we are not going to air some grievances and, uh, I'll kick it off to get things going. um I'll start off with kind of a an easy one for me anyway. I don't know if you guys have gone to any Flyers games this season um and let me preface this by saying that like, yes, I am the oldest person here. however, I'm not like old, old, and I appreciate going to like live music events with you know really loud music and stuff like that. but my grievance the first many is that the music in the Wells Fargo center is entirely too loud. It's like, I don't know if it's because there's no crowd noise to speak of. So it just seems louder than it has in the past, but it's uh, it drives me crazy. It's just way too loud. The um, a couple of games ago, what game was it? I, I forget what game it was. Oh, the avalanche game. Um, I ended up getting tickets in the first row of the second level. Um, in a part of center ice that had a little plexiglass wall right behind me, right behind the first row. There was like a little plexiglass separator. And during warmups, when the music was coming out of the speaker directly in front of my face, I could feel the bass like entering and leaving my body. That's too loud for a sporting event. Like, you know, if it's that loud at a Pantera concert, like okay, right, that makes sense. At a Flyers game, no, I should not be feeling sound waves at a sporting event. So, no one from the Flyers will listen to this silly podcast. But you know, turn it down like a lit, like a little bit, like take it from eleven to ten, and I think even that will be better. So, it's my first grievance for the evening. There's not many of us here yet, but there are some of you, so. Let's go. Raise your hand. Give me a grievance. That's what we're here for. I know you have something to complain about. You people are here all the time.
0: You can't fool me. Reed Miller.
2: (laughs) Mr. 69, I know you guys have grievances. You're not fooling me. All right. If no one else is going to talk, then I'm just going to tell you guys all of my grievances, which will get very boring very quickly. My next grievance, the inclusion of pretzel nuggets at Flyers concessions. I I don't like that. I feel like in Philadelphia, this is a, a pretzel universe. And as such, we should like be respectful of the form of the pretzel. Anyway, I went to get a pretzel at the last Flyers game I was at, and they were nugs instead. And they were served with like a very, a very bad nacho cheese situation. And honestly, what I wanted was like, you know, a pretzel. Yeah, I'm telling you, you don't want to hear all of my grievances. Thankfully, 69 is going to tell us some of his grievances. Hey there. Mr. Mr. or Dr. or ma'am, okay. 69. For yes. doctor, but,
3: uh <laughs> doctor.
2: Dr. Doctor 69, yes. Okay. <laughs> what are your grievances?
3: I'll start with a light one. Um. Why does this fan base always have to be like one side or the other? It's always like uh, you're on Kevin Hayes' side or Chuck's side, or you're on uh, Torts' side or whatever for like every single little incident this team has. Why is it always has it always been like this, or am I just like losing my mind?
2: No, I don't think you're losing your mind. This is absolutely a thing, and I know not everyone's on Twitter, but those of us who are, um, it's very apparent there that there's like a weird two sides to Flyers fans um and I think I think it's probably like regrettably just like a symptom of the way our society is completely failing in every way like I feel like everything is one side or the other now so <laughs> why not sports
3: yeah yeah I guess <laughs> can't,
2: so yeah there's no nuance to be found anywhere so you either <laughs> like John Tortorella or you hate him or you love Kevin Hayes or you hate him like there's no allowing for today I like Kevin Hayes and tomorrow I hate him that's simply not allowed
3: it's it's honestly crazy but like my thing is I remember like I mean like this whole season with like the whole torch thing I'm definitely like excited that he's the coach um but this whole the way everything's being handled with like Kevin Hayes it's like you see both sides of it it's like yeah you want someone to like backjack and like finish their hits and everything like that but like there's also a certain aspect where you have, I guess, like you and Charlie's bet, where you have Justin Braun and Rasmus Ristolainen that aren't bringing anything to the table offensively.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Why do like hockey minds always have to say, "Oh, we need someone defensively responsible that doesn't bring offense, but we can't have a guy that brings offense." That you know, yeah. what I'm saying, like you can't yeah. have like, what am I trying to say here? You you know what I'm trying to say. That, no, right?
2: I get it. Like, why is. Why is someone who is good at defense, bad at offense, okay, but someone who is good at offense, bad at defense, unacceptable?
0: Which does feel
2: like a thing that I don't – Yeah, I don't think that's, like, Flyers-specific. I think there's, like, very few coaches in the NHL that will allow for, like, a real true run-and-gun offense-first type of game. And, I mean, it seems like the ones that do – you know, make it a lot of fun for everybody. Like, I think Quenville's Panthers were, like, the most obvious example Mm -hmm. of a team that didn't give a fuck about defense. They were like, now we're just going to score all of the goals and we'll beat you that way. And it was a lot of fun to watch. But the Torch thing is, like, I don't really care that he's scratching Kevin Hayes, but I do kind of think that this whole – he's very obviously doing a very contrived thing with Kevin Hayes. Like he's trying to do like a lesson teaching. This isn't just mm-hmm. him scratching him for playing badly. He seems to be doing a whole thing with Kevin Hayes psychologically that I, I don't really know if we need to do. And I do think that there's going to be a point of diminishing return on like the scratching and the talking shit on him in public. And like, I, I do think at some point it's going to get to be too much. And then Hayes is just going to be like, fuck it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try at all.
3: Yeah, me <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i kind of, like, in the teaching industry, too, and, like, it's always, like, you adapt to each individual student. You adapt okay. your lesson plans and stuff like that. You don't, like, you don't try and squ- uh, jam a square peg in a round hole. And mm-hmm. I think it's, like, I don't know if it's going to, like, push – like, Kevin Hayes might just say, you know what, screw this, I'm done, mm-hmm. and which is not great for the team. Honestly, if you have someone around the locker room with that type of attitude – and they just don't care even though when they're in the beginning of the season they're putting up a point of game very productive offensive player but like man there's only so many times you can press certain buttons and yeah. have it pan out in the correct way but uh yeah i mean i love honestly like this whole torch thing this year it's, it's been hilarious like watching him like silently call out chuck fletcher with a couple of these scratchings and like the way he's putting in mm-hmm. putting people in the lineup and benching whoever but yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it to this season, seeing how this pans out. But I'm very curious to see how much longer Chuck lasts in his current position. I mean, everyone kind of saw the rumors where it's like, oh, after Christmas, Danny B is going to step in. I don't know if there's any, like, any truth to those. But, man, it would be very, very pleasant to see a, a change up there. But uh, happy Festivus. Um, I'm going to hang up now.
2: All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. I will say that um... – I also, just based on things that we've kind of heard, um, not like official, official things, but just kind of things from various places. I would be shocked if he's still here, like after the first week of January. I think that, um, I think things have reached a critical mass finally. And uh, I don't know if you, if you guys saw Jason Martides, um posted a clip of his interview with John Tortorella that he did recently and it was the first time I think anyone has explicitly said that the Flyers are in a rebuild. And Torts says it in this interview, which kind of makes me think like, okay, if we're if we're gonna start saying it, like, did he go rogue saying it, or was that, you know, kind of a sanctioned change of approach to what they're doing? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh let's see. Ian Ackerman would like to air some grievances. Ian, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? good thanks what would you like to yell about
4: well first of all it's clearly a retool charlie i mean come on (laughs) (laughs) it'll never get old never ever it's too good (laughs) um but just kind of piggyback on uh what you're just talking about just the organizational negligence by the front office it's just this how we got here and even if chuck does get canned soon which i hope it happens um like, is Danny Breer already, like, flyerized being yeah. uh you know, yeah. Chuck's boy? Like, I'm kind of, like, even thinking, like, the GM after Danny Breer, and I hate to even think like that. I I hope he would do a good job, but, like, I honestly, like, don't know what to expect.
2: Yeah, I worry about that, too, because it's kind of like if Breer is the guy that's been handpicked by this group of gentlemen to be the next general manager. Mm-hmm you know, is he going to be different because they don't seem to like different very much. Yeah. So I, I worry about it too. Um. I do know uh, Maddie Campbell who writes for us, she did some work with the main Mariners when Briere was there. And she said that he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have the whole old hockey man way of thinking about the game that that, you know, you would expect from the Flyers' front office. And, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a younger guy. He came up in the NHL during a completely different era when things were absolutely not played, like the, the Broad Street Bullies. Right, and he played
4: post-lockout, so he knows what the yeah. league is about now as far as speed and all that. So,
2: Right, so, I mean, it, it'll be better, right? Because it can't be worse.
4: Yeah, I would like to think so. And plus, like, I don't want my, you know – my love of Danny Breer and like how awesome he was in, in the playoffs still like, mm. you know, hour because like, Oh, he's being a shitty GM. So, uh, I, I hope it works out. Um, but honestly, like some of the things I'm, I'm thankful for, cause it is the season to be thankful. Um, I really like that frost tippet JVR line. Those guys seem pretty damn fun to watch. And, uh, they seem to be clicking when not much else is going our way.
2: I, yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with that line. It's so fun. um, It's nice to see Morgan Frost doing some stuff, like actually doing stuff. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I think honestly, like, if you have already, and I think a lot of us here probably have done this already, but if you've shifted your expectation of the season to be like less about winning and being successful and more about, which kids are going to be good in the next two years. Like we're kind of mm-hmm. having a good season in that Yeah, Yes,
4: I to figure out who's part of the future, who's a you know a problem and who's a solution. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to be in that mindset because we're not going to be going anywhere, but I guess just got to be patient and see. But um, thank you guys for what you do. It helps me being out of state, keep a better eye on the team. I'm out here in hockey town with a bunch of stupid Red Wings fans. So it's pretty lame. <laughs> But uh, yeah. Thank you guys for uh, you know everything you guys do. It's, love all the all the shows you guys do. It's great. So
2: thanks, Ian. We appreciate safe. it.
4: Uh, have happy holidays.
2: Thank you. You too. Oh, baby, Steve Jaco is here to save us all. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, Ian, I kicked you. Steve, whenever you're ready, please hop on. I'm gonna give you guys another grievance of mine. It is. I I have a feeling all of mine are going to be related to um, my experience at Flyers games this season, which is kind of hilarious. Um, Beer's too big. I got a problem with it. The beers are too big. First of all, I don't want that much Miller Light
0: in a sitting. It's just too much. And
2: like, even if you do want to consume that much Miller Light it's uh it's real warm and like weird by the time you get to the end of it. Beer's too big. make the beer half the size. you can still charge me an insane amount of money for it i will I will buy it, but it's just uh, it's too big. beer's too
5: big Steve and what's the deal with these airplane peanuts? I mean folks am I right you know Hey-o. No, I so. First off, uh, I, my grievance is against my, my desktop computer, which I tried for the past 10 minutes to boot up, to use my proper microphone and my fancy headphones and everything for this. And it said, no, it just, what what is a
2: a professional show? We don't need these
5: things. Yeah. why, Why would my computer boot up immediately for me? Imagine that. Uh, so I'm doing this, the, uh, I was going to say the old-fashioned way, but I don't think there's anything old-fashioned about, like, AirPods.
0: Mm.
5: Uh, <laughs> so that's fair enough. Uh, second of all, you're talking about large beers, and I'm literally drinking a large beer at this moment. Not quite as large as the Wells Fargo Center or Citizen Park beers, but, you know, it, it is I a tall boy. To be fair,
2: maybe maybe to that's a fair. me problem. Maybe it's a me well, problem. No, I, too I big for me.
5: You. I agree with you to a degree. I agree. Well, number one, I feel like it's just all an excuse to upcharge us for, for sure. you know, that extra, like, you know, this is why it's a $13 beer, Because right? oh, it's a tall boy, I say. But, you know, Miller Lite should never cost that much. You should be able to buy a case of that for like $7.
2: Yeah, that should be like what they charge at the Wells Fargo Center is in actuality, like the price of a keg of Miller Light. <laughs> right, right, right. It's just, uh, it's
5: insanity. Am I right? Absolute insanity. But it, no it does it's it's very gross by the end. The only beers that are okay as they get warmer are very old English style beers like a porter or something or a stout. Those are fine when they this is beer talk with Stephen Kelly. And <laughs> but no like honestly but that's not the kind of tr- beer you're drinking at a hockey game. You want right. an ice cold beer that you can slam and just give me a half price half the price for a regular sized beer. And oh. I, I'll buy two of them and go back to my seat. I've got Great. Like,
2: that's the thing. Like, if I was going to consume that much beer, I would rather consume it in courses.
5: Apologies Course to everybody with the, just one hand listening, by the way. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend the one-handies.
2: Well, you know, they're fine. Um, anyway. <laughs> but they're not. Beer's, beer's too big, in my opinion. They do have... Um, I saw a friend of mine, Jay, at the Avalanche game, and he bought me... They have these, like... Um, stateside vodka iced tea, little can thingies, like small cans. Yeah,
5: can cocktail.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're good.
5: Yeah, I, I like can cocktail. It's a it's a big deal these days. It's a it's a. I, I was enjoying canned cocktails on the beach over the summer, and they were lovely. I
2: love that for you. It's a good thing yeah. I don't drink very much. I miss that. that. It's a disaster. It's
5: zero. It feels like zero degrees. I can't open my front door right now. <laughs>
2: It's it's good good I'm, I'm, I am glad that the weather trapped you and then you were forced to do this with me. <laughs> um, Steve, let's see. Uh, let's take a caller here. Jason Horvath, please give us your grievances. You're muted, bud. Hello? There we go. Hello. Hey, Kelly, what's up? How's it going? Feel free to air.
6: You know something? I was listening to some football radio this morning and they were talking about ownership and they were talking about the jet specifically they're like well you change the quarterback you change the gm you change the coach when it comes down to it the same person still in place is the ownership and unfortunately that might be the situation that we're looking at is just we're stuck to where we're stuck because it's bad ownership
2: yeah i don't know i know this gets talked about a lot and i know that comcast being an owner doesn't like inspire a lot of good feelings like they're a terrible company they suck in every respect everyone hates them but we're all forced to use them so i your internet went out i can't hear you now i I imagine that coincidence isn't that weird you spoke bad about comcast i'm on a list now (laughs) my internet speeds are going to be so slow anyway but but the thing is like they spend all of the money and like wouldn't you rather have an owner with deep pockets that's willing to spend than just like so you know, some sorry. some well, dude. No. Yeah,
6: well yes yes and no, because to me, championships are made through the draft and made through development. I mean, where are we gonna get a GM from? Another middling playoff team like we got Minnesota? You know, it would be nice to actually find somebody from a place, I don't know, like Tampa.
2: There's a thought. You're not, you're not wrong. And that that is the one place that you can lay some blame on Comcast. They hired the wrong guy for the job. That's clear. They also decided to give him two jobs, president and general manager, which means there's no one between Chuck and Dave Scott to do the firing. And Dave Scott has not done a good job of fostering the hockey. The business side seems to be doing well, but he's not doing a good job on the hockey side. And that's, that's i think I where you can find
5: issue, fault really. well i but, see dave scott as the the issue right here, which he can be you know, fired it's not necessarily ownership right. it's they they need a ceo you know essentially what was that was ed snyder's title before he passed right it was ceo yeah essentially right you know they need a ceo they need somebody who actually like has not a total hockey man but at least has half a brain about hockey to go in there i feel like dave scott's just kind of like listening to the old guard saying yeah hey uh if you think it's good, Clarky I'm, I'm all on board for Chuck Fletcher.
2: Well, it's not even just that. Like, what he should have done is what most teams do, which is if you want to hire Bob's friend to be the general manager, okay. But then we have, like, you know, a neutral third-party president of hockey operations in between the CEO and the hockey people who can say, hey, Dave, uh, your whole front office stinks. We got to get rid of all of them. Rather you mean the than
5: GM, isn't the guy who should hold that position?
2: <laughs> right, right, exactly. So no. it's, it's just—it's not necessarily. I think that that all of the blame stops at Dave Scott and like Comcast being the people writing the checks. I don't think is affecting the team as much as you think it is.
0: Well,
6: it's not. It's not as I understand what you're saying by that. But what frustrates me is is allowing, as you said, allowing the old guard, like the Bobby Clarks or something like that. You know, was Chuck Fletcher really to blame for all this stuff? Or was he just a figurehead up there in front doing everything? And really, he's just a puppet to everybody else behind him.
5: Oh, it's column A and column B here, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I think so too. I If you yeah. look back at Chuck Fletcher's time in Minnesota, I mean, you could see a lot of similar similarities to what has gone on here. And we certainly we I know, Kelly, you've talked to your share of Minnesota wild blockers over the years, and I think they can testify to that.
2: Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by cars dot com. yeah, um, yeah, but I mean, it, it's
5: a bad decisions of the old guard combined because Chuck Fletcher, you know, his family is from this whole organization in the first place too, right? Like yeah, Chuck right. Fletcher is the kid of the family friend who came in, I believe. And yeah, it's, it's all bad and it's all rotting. For They they just need to clear house with the entire top of the organization. Like sure, Comcast can keep writing the checks, but Comcast also has to hire somebody yes. besides Dave Scott in there to run the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Yes, that that I agree with. I I just think that saying that like the only way out of this is a whole new ownership group is just like but I'm starting to see the point. No, that that's like grass is. Are you though? Well,
5: I I see it as far as cleaning house goes because I don't have any faith that Comcast anytime soon is going to clean house of all those old school flyers guys.
2: I mean, yeah, that's the problem. My see, problem. my my dream is this. And I honestly don't think this is out of the realm of possibility. You still have dreams? Sometimes. If I like take a little bit of an edible before I go to bed. <laughs> um so I, I do think at some point, if this continues to trend in this direction, and you know, if they don't fly or Chuck Fletcher and they let him handle the rest of the season in the trade deadline and like everything's a disaster, I do think at some point the suits above Dave Scott will think it's a good idea to replace him. I don't think he's untouchable by any stretch. and then the person that they install there has zero relationship with the Philadelphia Flyers. zero idea who Bob Clark is, zero idea outside of just you know statues who Ed Snyder was, just completely divorced from the organization in every way, but I mean, is very is very good at hiring the right people for the job. I'm, and-
7: a, sorry.
6: Continue. I'm, a, I'm a huge Michigan fan and I'm going to take you back, take you really back quickly about 20 years ago. They brought in one of the best young coaches in the country, which you would, had uh, back-to-back m- major bowl burst in rich Rodriguez. And a lot of the people still up there were old school, old school, old school coaching and old school mindset. And it put us into the hole that we've only been able to dig out in the last couple of years because the new minds and new ideas came in they refused to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that and I think that's what you got. You got a lot of old school ideas of slow grinded out big boy hockey and as we've learned today speed wins. Mm-hmm. And this and this team is not built by use and speed.
2: It's not as currently constructed, but I do think that there is a path for it to be that kind of team. I hope. I really do. We
0: go on there. a little bit of a tangent. I apologize, but I, that's what the grievances
6: no, are for, my friend.
0: It.
2: Exactly. So we're gathering yes, around this is this your metal your pole. time. But I said it means Christmas.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jason.
2: Appreciate you. Steve, why don't you give the people a grievance? Oh, geez. Where do I start? Where do I even begin me. to
5: start? I mean, you, you know, me. we just covered one of my major grievances, which is just the way this entire organization has been run. Let's, uh, let's talk about one of my favorite topics, and that's Rasmus Ristolainen, okay. a man who's making, what, $5 million a season right now and has yet to score a point. It's true. Yet to score a point. Rasmus Ristolainen. What is this guy doing? You know, I ask what this every week.
2: What
5: would you say I, you do? I, what do you do here? What do you even do here? I need to know. This is like the greatest mystery in my life. 27 games played, zero points. And I know his primary job is to score points, but he's not given the hits that we were promised. He's not clear in the crease for the goalie. He doesn't play good defense. I don't know what this guy does well. And it's a great mystery to me what the Flyers are paying him $5 million a season to do. It's, uh, he Mm. easily goes down as one of Chuck Fletcher's greatest follies and a increasingly long list at this point. Like, even guys that I have my issues with have stuff they do, right? But I don't know what he does here. What do you do here?
2: Well, Steve, if you knew how to watch the game, Mm. you would see that other players are simply terrified of him.
5: He's sc- he's scoring a hat trick tonight. He's, he's listening to this. He's no. getting fired up.
2: Listen, Hattie. he can't. No, Charlie can't win this bet. I need to win it. It's got to be Justin Braun.
5: Justin Braun is eight hundred years old in hockey
2: terms. I don't care. I think he can do it. He's a mummy. I think by sheer by sheer luck, he will be the secondary assist on some kind of goal someplace, and I'm going to win. So
5: the the mummy's beating the wolf mat tonight is what you're telling me.
2: I need it. Okay. Speaking of tonight's game, since no one wants to air grievances, and I want you all to know that you can't see me, but I am glaring at you. Thanks. Um, I'm pretty excited to see Samuel Erson.
5: I, I, I'm excited to see him, but I'm not excited for this matchup that he's coming well, into.
2: You never know. You
5: never know. I think I know.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I mean, Reed yeah, Miller. You,
5: you do never know, but it's, no. not, it's not a promising one.
2: You, we'll see. I'm I'm convinced since I've moved on from uh, Felix Sandstrom that this is our our Lundqvist. So tonight we're going to find out. You think Sigurdursson yes, is our Lundqvist? he's our Lundqvist. Yes, he is our Swedish our, goalie our that Lundqvist. will save us from. Yeah, yeah. I think our. I Lundqvist thought it was going to be Sandstrom, but no.
5: Forced into a into the Russian our army camp. at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're, you might not yeah. be wrong. He's our yeah. He's our Shosturkin. Anyway, Patrick. Hello, Shosturkin. Hello. Happy Would you Festivus. like to air a grievance, my friend? Thank you. Happy festivist to you as well. Um, I mean it's pretty obvious,
7: I guess. I'm shocked that Chuck Fletcher is still here at this point and Christmas is tomorrow.
0: Christmas is not tomorrow, With, Patrick.
7: Or Christmas Eve, whatever. There
0: you
7: go. You got yeah, there. It's Christmas um, weekend, we bud. You know. It's Christmas Eve Eve, apparently. There you go. The biggest party night of the year.
0: Isn't that Thanksgiving? Absolutely.
2: It's Christmas Eve now. I
0: declared it.
7: Christmas. Okay. It's Christmas
5: Eve. We're all going to go streaking yeah. out on the quad in the zero-degree weather.
2: It's so cold, Steve. I'm never going outside again. It's My so door is cold. frozen. I can't leave.
7: <laughs>
5: uh, Sorry, I Patrick. Went to go go on.
7: out and uh, the car door was completely frozen, and I was like, Good "Well, time. this stinks."
5: <laughs> I guess it's just a little taste of what the people of Buffalo deal with
2: year-round.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: been um, it's been a long time. I feel like since we've gotten like this. Cold in the oh, Philly area. It's been a while.
7: Been a while.
2: Yeah,
7: I oh guess. Um, I I kind of find it funny how like we went into the season thinking like. Travis Konechny was going to be in towards his doghouse, and that it's like the complete opposite. It's like Kevin Hayes.
2: Oh my God, that's and a great so point. Yeah,
7: really amusing. I think about that a lot,
5: Patrick. That's a great point. Like it's, I, I've been thinking about that because TK, like, he's getting all the praise right now, and rightfully so. TK is, I think, really stepped it up more so than most of the team this season. But I, I really, at least me personally, didn't think that Kevin Hayes was going to be the guy in the doghouse, and he is. He, he's in the red zone of the towards
2: sesame. Right <laughs> he sure is. But here's the thing that that is also kind of annoying. I, and I didn't mention this when um, the guy from before was talking about Kevin Hayes. Um, Dr. 69, I think it was. Hayes.
0: Like. Is Dr. 69 just doing his for
2: Dr. Love? Sorry. Steve, I should kick you out for that. Good night and good hockey. I'm not going to, though, because I like you. Um, Anyway, what I was saying was Kevin Hayes isn't really fulfilling his portion of this agreement because he's still, like, a lot of coasting and a lot of not hustling. And while I agree with Dr. 69 that not all offensive players need to be defensive players, too, we don't all need to be two-way, I do think that if the coach scratches you for being shitty away from the puck. Like, you should probably try a little bit
0: to not be shitty away from the puck. Just a thought. So maybe He's Kevin really Hayes,
5: who, who came here as a two-way player, right? Like, <clears> we were told he was a two-way player, at least when he came in. Maybe he decided when he turned 30, you know, new me, yeah. right? Like, some people, they turn 30, and they say, I'm going to make a new me. Okay? I've been
2: living a lie with all Kevin of Hayes this. And Kevin
5: Hayes did. he said, I'm just going to be a one-way
2: offensive player because that's where the money's at i'm gonna go score a bunch of goals which like honestly making money because he's making a vacuum i'm into it but you know
5: patrick honestly it's making for great entertainment like the fact that now i don't hate about a kevin hayes buyout next year is hilarious
2: it's hilarious um patrick did you have any other grievances because we got we got another person waiting
7: to air um I don't think so. I don't think I can think of any surprisingly. I'm shocked because I feel like everybody's going to cover everything I want to grieve about. I mean, you already started to or in the beginning.
2: (laughs) Well, you pop in whenever you want to, buddy.
8: All right. Let's bring in.
2: Thank you. Got Brian H. here. Brian, would you like to air some grievances?
8: Sure. How are you guys?
2: Great. How are you?
8: Doing well. Uh, So I don't have anything new to add about grievances about the Flyers. You guys have covered it pretty well, so I want to focus my attention... On the NHL and continuing its devotion to Gary Bettman oh God, and yes. um, their stupid reliance on escrow and having stupid teams in like Arizona playing in college arenas, and maybe that's why your salary cap can't go up instead of like you know putting it in towns where hockey's popular mm-hmm. and you know the weather's appropriate. So you know maybe it's time to get rid of Gary Bettman and uh, try somebody new.
5: The worst part God, about I would Arizona, love that the worst part about Arizona is that you can make it work in warm weather, like Tampa Bay's made it work in well not really Florida, but like Nashville makes it work, right, but like Arizona it clearly we've tried the experiment, it hasn't worked. move along, right it's been tried It is.
2: and uh I mean here's the thing like he he works for the owners, like he doesn't work for the sport he's not. He doesn't give a fuck about hockey. He cares about making sure that the rich guys stay, stay rich. And that's the reason why we have an artificially low salary cap. It's just a combination of Gary Bettman, making sure that the owners don't have to pay their players anything. And then the NHL players association being dog shit, as far as like actually getting things for its members. Um, But yeah, Bettman sucks. Like it's, objectively embarrassing how little hockey has grown during his tenure during his tenure in comparison to the other sports like I don't I don't think that hockey ever would surpass any of the other sports at least in the U.S. for popularity but it should have at least you know grown at the same rate or a rate close to the way that the other sports have grown and it hasn't at all it's I actually like, think
8: it was much more popular, like in the '90s. Than I think so it is too. Today, it definitely was. And I think some so of too, that like, is getting off of ESPN and ending up on NBC and yeah. versus and whatever for a while. But, but
2: that's um, a, that, that, like Batman's job is to network. get a good. Yeah, the Outdoor Life Network was the real low point. <laughs> it's Batman's job to to get those deals, though, right? And if he doesn't, it's because he sucks. He's
8: terrible. And then on top of it, it's just terrible hockey culture like refusing to promote anyone with a personality oh, so bad and refusing to let anyone who's like good at hockey have a personality outside of like Alexander Ovechkin.
2: Right, and he only has it cuz he's not Canadian. <laughs> right.
5: I mean it's it's terrible enough that the best player in the sport is making under 20 million because if you look at pro sports salaries, like that's just a hilarious joke. But then also the best player in the sport has maybe just one of the dullest personalities of anybody
2: that's been a professional athlete ever. Like a mushy banana of a man, a wet saltine cracker
0: of a man. A great jumpsuit of a man.
2: Yes. Brian H., did you have anything else you would like to complain about here on the airing
8: no 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 further complaints but I just want to say I enjoy all the content you guys put out there and thank you for doing it.
2: Thank you so much Brian. We loved talking to you even though your name is Brian. <laughs> <Fair enough.
8: laughs> Thanks Brian. Yes. Thanks Kelly,
2: Brian. Kelly has a,
5: a checkered history with the name Brian.
2: <laughs> Sorry everyone.
5: My best friend when I was a child was named Brian though, so I have a better history with
2: it. I bet he was a dickhead. Jay, how are you doing? He was Would you like to air At one point something? in his life he was driving
1: Kelly, how are you? Steve, how are you?
2: Howdy! Hello!
1: Um, so I'm going to refute some of the points from the previous call.
2: Oh, this um, is so you!
1: <laughs> Thunderdome, baby. Hockey can work anywhere, but it, like it's not just because of the weather and the location. Arizona has been terrible because they haven't drafted well. That's a big reason why. Columbus hasn't done very well in their history until Hausen and then Kekalainen did a little bit better because they didn't draft well. Edmonton was terrible for years until they got lucky with Drysidel and they won the McDavid lottery. Like so this I, is It all comes down to drafting and trading. The right, agency is not Arizona a huge general.
5: Game. Arizona's just been a terribly run franchise in general. It's just like yeah, real bad, they can't do anything right. They can't even secure an arena deal.
1: Yeah, but but that aside... Like, oh, I'm the, saying it
5: has nothing to do with the weather. Yeah. It's just they've been run poorly from the head down. It's just...
1: Yes, yes. never... It, it hasn't... Look at... Florida was, has been terrible, and there's still their issues with Florida because their drafting wasn't very good, they didn't get lucky in some years, and their AHL development is terrible. The reason part of the reason other than the ownership in Atlanta being terrible and not caring they couldn't draft worth a shit outside of the first round like the location the advantage up until the internet age and analytics and things that made uh, access of information and location less of a factor like the for a long time the the franchises in the traditional cold weather markets just had ease of use to players and scouting because they were there when analytics and the internet and other resources made things easier and people became smarter carolina went from a middle of the pack to shitty franchise into the second or third best drafting team in the league it doesn't matter exactly like why isn't he hired as the gm anywhere Philadelphia or elsewhere. Why isn't he a GM? Well, man?
5: I can tell you why in Philadelphia because they refuse to. Move because back he's not 19- a good old hockey man. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's not a good old hockey man. Basically, no. That is so- the thing with Briere that is intriguing is because he is the he will keep the good aspects of hockey reigning true because I think there are like the things that we need to keep hockey a certain way because that's what does make hockey special. But it is a, about adapting to the times and. Breer is great because he came, like, he actually is a player. He's an example of a player who overcame the good old hockey men, not allowing for small players into the league for a long time until he was, what, like 25? He didn't have his breakout year until he was 25, even though he had the pedigree, he had the stats, the production to justify him playing way sooner. So I feel like he's the guy who. Um, Obviously, if he uses the scout, the amateur and pro scouting, and assistant GMs around him, he could be a good balance of having like good hockey culture of pre- bringing past values that are positive, but also applying present day trends into the job as well. That's the hope and the prayer with Briere is that he's a good mix of blends and he like applies his old world hockey. Um, knowledge with uh, the the newer stuff that a lot of other successful people have adapted to because he comes, I guess, from both eras because his career was so long.
5: You need somebody yeah. who's played in the last twenty years in that front office is the biggest thing. They have so many guys oh, like... that have just they don't know modern hockey, and he's literally experienced modern hockey and been a huge part of modern hockey. Is um, it is Fletcher a just a like a baby?
1: example of nepotism basically
7: because of his dad? A nepo
5: Yes. He is a Nepo baby. He is a hundred Nepo
2: baby.
5: He is a hundred percent ingrained in that old school culture. And they brought him in. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason they brought in Chuck Fletcher was to appease the alumni because Hextall had burned so many bridges with the alumni. They're like, oh, well, we got to make, you know, everybody happy now. A bunch of babies. Again, yeah, a bunch of babies. You know, they want to eat chicken wings and pizza in the locker room. But um, I briefly just wanted to comment, make one comment about the, uh, the warm weather franchises. And I think the problem there is that because these are franchises, especially you know back in the pre-internet age in the 90s, that didn't have ingrained ho- hockey culture, it's that much more of a challenge to even establish uh, a successful hockey team there. So you really, the, the ones that have made it have been very smart about it. You know, like Nashville, it's crazy to think that Nashville's an amazing hockey town now. Like I went, I've been to Nashville once there was pred shit everywhere. It was awesome. Like,
1: look at Tampa. Is, Tampa has lightning shit everywhere. Like, it's
5: great. Yeah, yeah T- Tampa's done an unbelievable job with it. So it can be done, but it's just, it's an uphill battle in those non-traditional markets. So Arizona, had that uphill battle, and despite having some of the, the funkiest, weirdest, greatest jerseys in the history of the game, you know, they've just been horribly mismanaged and it has not worked. And unless they sold that franchise to a completely new guy who really was dedicated to hockey and making it work in the desert, it ain't going to happen. So they should move that franchise for that reason. But that's well, all didn't,
1: I want to say. But, but, just like, but Arizona got new ownership, and I feel like the the new ownership is fine. It's just he he got the team. When the team was already looking for the arena, so I'm not saying it's it, it's it's several different ownerships' fault, including yeah. the league when the league owned it. They should the league should have figured it out in 2013 when they owned the team, right? Yeah.
5: but it, it's it, it, I'll tell you what though, playing in a 5,000 seat arena
1: is real embarrassing for the Cavs. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's really bad, em, embarrassing sticks. for the league, <laughs> in the team. But look, look, look at Tampa before Vinick, before Jeff Vinick bought the team and and before he hired Iserman, that team was a joke. The the coolest Barry ownership was terrible. Like yeah. the, once Davidson died, and like they had to sell. Like they be, they became way too laissez-faire. They they were owned by the the yakuza supposedly in the nineties. Like, oh, the like Lightning were a joke, and they, like, they, the, the Lightning were the worst drafting team between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand six. Before between Brad Richards and Alex Calon, the best player they drafted was Paul Ranger. They still won a cup during that time because of Brad Richards and Vinny LeCavalier and Marty St. Louis in that signing but like the lightning were a joke and they turned it around and they still have missed on a shit ton of things so really well, in the they draft a lot of stuff too with
5: like outreach yeah. to season ticket holders and stuff like i remember yes. reading a story
1: yeah.
5: i forget when but they just like they gave jerseys to every one of their season ticket holders like personalized jerseys and that was well so and,
1: and their marketing their marketing in the bay area there it was a lot better than even a lot of traditional franchises so they did that once they drafted stamp because they, they marketed well but yeah. the thing is it's it's kind of like batting average in baseball. Like a management group, you have to if you hit three out of ten times, three out of ten times in the draft, three out of ten, maybe a little bit higher for like trades and whatnot, but if you hit three out of ten times, you can't build a contender within five years. It just you have to hit big. You can't it can't just be a bunch of singles. That's how you get the wild because inevitably you will strike <laughs> yeah, yeah, the current kind of flyers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean I, I think, it's almost like there's some connective tissue there. Uh, the Flyers have had really bad luck. Like I, I still think I have a lot of hope for Bobby Brink, and I don't um, – the, the fact that everyone keeps getting hurt, uh, that's an indictment on something. Is that a training thing? Is that a medical staff thing? Is that just the, the gods are punishing the Flyers for some reason? I don't know.
5: I think
2: it's all of it. Could be all. Jay, do you have anything else to grieve about? Or 15 minutes till puck drop and we got some other people that would like to yell about stuff. No,
1: I I hope you guys have um, Merry Christmas and a happy holiday season. Thank you.
2: Thank you. You too. Thanks, Jay. All right. Grace Munster, you are on with Kelly and Steve. I think you might
0: be Yeah, you're muted, Grace. There you go. Hi. Spotify live,
5: live with that auto mute. It's a a blessing and a curse.
0: <laughs> blessing and a curse. Yeah. Tell me about it. You're good to go, Grace. How's it going?
2: <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Good to talk to you again.
5: Yeah. Yeah, good to talk to you. What's the uh what's the grievance? <laughs> what, what what do you got
0: to air to us tonight?
2: <laughs> um you didn't know I
0: was at the show. What show? The Doughboy show.
2: You went to Bojangles? I don't yeah. I don't know what's happening right now, Steve. Does this ring any bells for <laughs> no, you?
0: No, no, I'm not.
2: What Bojangles location did you go to?
0: I, I've never been to a
2: Bojangles in my life. I don't I don't know where
0: there is a Bojangles. Christine.
2: Okay, Grace. hmm You um have a wonderful Festivus and a lovely Christmas uh, and a happy New Year. Thank you. All right. Who? I don't know what just happened, Steve, but I felt justified. sounds good. <laughs> is that chicken?
5: I think I've actually
2: chicken. Never been. I've never been. Ryan Gilbert and Maddie Campbell are here, and they're not talking, which is oh, insulting wow. directly to my face. Just so insulting
5: it is insulting and i think uh, uh italian joe's listening too and he uh he's not saying
2: anything. italian joe is here too this is outrageous yeah. to me i know yeah, you Talking about the prank have... call
5: in the slack right now
2: oh lord i know you somebody
5: have a, have a grievance Someone i mean i can talk about grievance. other stuff
2: or i could talk about the are... lack
5: of depth on this team i could talk about
2: oh i mean that's what we're here for But if you have grievances that people want to. hear
5: but I want to hear other people's grievances because I get to talk about my grievances for an hour and a half every week. You
2: make a fair point. Yeah. This <laughs> is for you people to complain. We complain constantly about the flyers. It's exhausting really, but you guys never get to complain about the flyers on a recorded audio medium. So I think you should take the opportunity. Well, until,
5: until we get a caller, I'm going to say, I'd like to complain about the flyers uh, cursing my gambling. Because, you know, I, this might be a sign I just need to get out of the game, right? But, like, every time I bet against the Flyers, they win. And every time I bet on the Flyers, they lose. It's just, like, this team's inconsistency is killing my uh, pennies that I bet on them on a weekly basis. Is
2: there a way to reverse psychology, the betting gods, you think?
5: I've tried. Believe me. Oh, I've tried. Okay. Anything anything for, again, I'm talking very low-stakes shit right here. I think i do like five to ten usually it's not much so I, i'm not going to go to the poor house because of the flyers i refuse to go to the poor house because of the flyers
2: i would drive directly to your house and slap you across the face if i thought that was gonna happen.
0: intervention intervention any other
5: grievances right now let's see joe d and this we'll go to the chat if anybody does want to talk they can put it in the chat oh, no. and
2: we'll read it dr 69 joe d
5: said my grievance Oh, there we go. Well, I'm going to read Joe's. Yeah, read my, Joe's. My grievance is that the Flyers got bad as soon as I became a fan.
2: Oh, so what Joe is saying is that he did this.
5: He did Thank this. Joe. It's Joe's fault. All right,
2: he's fired. Don't tell him, though. No. <laughs> Doctor Sixty Nine, how can we help you here on the airing of oh, grievances?
3: Last, the last grievance I want to air: ESPN Plus games. This is so ridiculous. Uh, the league went through all this, like Gary Benman went through all this saying, oh, we finally partnered with ESPN. No, we're getting, like, outsourced to ESPN Plus, or you need a subscription to yeah. watch this thing, watch this game. And I'm sitting here watching, I don't know, like, bocce ball on ESPN, Two, And you're, you're telling me you can't put on the NHL? Are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: It's not as like so- good...
5: I mean, everybody, I mean, that's unfortunately a lot of the media landscape is shifting towards these streaming exclusives. We've got the Apple TV Plus, Friday Night Baseball Games. We've got Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think it's a matter of time before the NBA does one. But the NBA hasn't done one, so I can't talk shit on them doing it to this point. I just want to see the numbers. Is, are they getting more from NHL network exclusive games or ESPN plus games? Clearly they're doing more ESPN plus games than NHL network games, but I can't th- seem to find any cable package that just gives me the NHL network up front
2: uh, mm-hmm. on one of the lower tiers. No, it's, you got to get like all of the channels. Let's end YouTube up with the It doesn't NHL even network. offer it to me. Yeah. And that's the other thing. You can't stream it anywhere.
5: Yeah. I know there's, it's like two or three Of the more i want to say obscure but i could just be you know shitting on some perfectly fine services but uh two of the non-youtube hulu services for streaming live television offer nhl network but not hulu or youtube
2: it's extremely nhl to allow their product unlike obscure weird streaming services that no one uses but not the ones that are
0: yeah, Just don't try
5: to start your own streaming service, Gary, because it's. I mean, they did have NHL.tv, which was pretty good for a bit. And, and, you know, shout out to a company I worked for for like one season.
2: Oh, the, did you get free NHL TV?
5: Oh, yeah. And I didn't have workouts.
2: Oh, Look at this guy.
5: Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Got paid like a, a cool $12 an hour to basically hey. watch hockey. Look at you.
0: Yeah.
2: So we are. I'm going to wrap this up here soon. We've got eight minutes till the game starts and Lord knows we don't want you to miss any of the thrilling Carolina Hurricanes Philadelphia Flyers action tonight. So if you have a grievance, please feel free to air it. Like Steve said, if you just want to put it in the chat because you're a scary cat, that's fine.
5: We will read or it. Or if anybody wants to call in with some, some holiday well wishes, you know, we're certainly down for that or uh, any, anything at all. You want to talk about your Oscar predictions? No, I don't think the Oscar choices are out. The Golden Globes are, not the
2: Oscars. It would be nice if people just raised their hand to say nice things to us. <laughs> Maybe that's what Grace was trying I to don't, do. I don't need compliments.
5: That's, that could be. It could be. Or just plugging Bojangles, you know? Maybe we that's misunderstood a, her entirely. Guerrilla marketing right there.
2: Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I blame Elon Musk. Oh, I Dr. blame Elon Musk
5: for a lot of things right now.
2: I'm thanking Doctor 69 for both listening and participating. I know he joins Bill's post games all of the time. Speaking of Bill's post games, I do believe they will make a triumphant return at some point once things settle down for Bill. Matz. he's just got some stuff going on in his life, so leave him alone. I'm sure he will get back to post games as soon as he can do it. Um, there sometimes you go. I consider doing them, but no one wants to talk to me. People want to talk to Bill.
5: D- depending on how late the game goes, I, I, maybe I'd join you for one sometime. You know, we could That's do the
2: other thing. Like, I got to get up at 5. I don't want to talk to anybody at 11 o'clock at night. No offense.
5: Well, I'll tell you when i, I could... sure as shit, I'm not doing a post-game on Thursday because the game starts at 10.30 p.m. Thursday the 29th, San no, Jose. No, ma'am.
2: I will not no. be watching that. Patrick Reed Miller. What's uh, up, buddy? I'm
7: back. Yeah. I guess, guess you back. probably guess my back. podcast on my Spotify rap, so yeah that's awesome. I wonder how many hours it is cuz I forgot to look at it. But I guess um tonight we have the hurricane, so I guess the good thing is we get to see Erson start, I guess. Like I'm excited about that. Is he going to get lit up? I don't I don't know. I hope for his
5: sake he doesn't get lit up because I don't know. I don't I don't like seeing the hopes and dreams of a a, a you know a, a young man with potential get crushed like that. But it's it's not a great matchup. I mean, I'll take this over him starting against the Toronto Maple Leafs because, I mean, we all saw the shot differential in that game.
7: I mean, they're already doing it to Felix Sandstrom, crushing his hopes and dreams. So, we'll, Yeah, you know, with <laughs> <laughs> the son of Urs. I mean, we're going to see what he's got, right? You know,
5: eventually he's got to show us what he's got, and tonight is the opportunity for that.
2: Listen, you <laughs> bunch of negative Nancys. I'm telling you right now, Urs going to crush this game. Kelly, how that's do you wonderful. have
7: any optimism a about this player? With it with some type of injury, so like it could be winnable, but uh, I'm telling you. How have you felt 1 ounce of optimism about the
5: Flyers this entire season to this point? I, sick, I can't understand it.
2: A sick I mentally
5: don't. ill person. Just... cuz they uh, they that's finally okay, broke right. me. Okay? They, this was the year they finally broke me and it's been my ERB season and I'm loving it.
2: You're mixing I just, up. I, just I was going to say you're mixing them. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Yeah.
5: I'll, I'm allowed because I'm the first podcaster to have both Coke and Pepsi in his house. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lie. There's no Pepsi to be found here. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really hope Arson doesn't get
5: completely crushed tonight. That would suck. And Listen, I'm on the tank train, right? But I also don't want to see young guys get completely annihilated. Like, the things I'm enjoying from the season so far are when we've had games from Morgan Frost, like that four-point game and, you know, scoring goals like he has been. Hopefully, you know, that's a trend moving upwards. Uh, Noah Cates, I'm enjoying that so far. And Travis Konechny, that's really the list. That's the list right there.
7: I forgot to mention about that. Now that he's, like, good and stuff, it's, like, creeping into the back of my mind, like, somebody's gonna offer something for him. And I might feel gutted, but, like, if it happens, but, like, I get it.
2: Wait, who are we oh, talking so about? I, I, I was connect typing me. in the room. Oh, connecting. TK, the jerk so like,
7: store. He's, like, doing so good, and, like, yeah. we need assets, and then it's just like, well, he could make a good second-line winger on a contending
2: team. So here's the thing. This is... We have three minutes, fuck. It, it, <laughs> it depends on how... Go, go, go. The, you ha, you have to remember that a rebuild doesn't have to take 10 years. There is a path. It's not an easy one. But there is a path to this team being, I think, pretty good in like three years. And Travis Konechny can be a part of a team in three years, I think.
5: Just buy out Kevin
7: Hayes and then no. pay $5 billion in dead cap no, space for two no. years. And I, I, I think you got to sell on the point per game and somebody will... Take them as a third-line center somewhere. It would, make, oh, everything. it would make
2: more sense to retain half. Retaining yeah. half is easier than the cap
5: hit. I, I was being very sarcastic there. I, I, <laughs> it was, I know, but... We know probably that. talked about... We, we spent too much digital airtime going over that for the past two weeks, but it's the most interesting rumor to come up in a minute. So, yeah, I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about it because there's very nothing else to talk about. spicy
7: meatball from Friedman.
5: But no, there is a way to, you know, remix things and get interesting again. But for the love of God, lose a bunch this year and get good picks in
2: a good draft. I mean, I think they're going to do that whether they want to or not. Maddie and Ryan, grievances, my friends. I wanted to kind of hear theirs. I want to know what's annoying up in the press box. Are the pretzels yeah. stale? Do they give you old popcorn? Is the soda flat? Are like, the I pretzels need... still flyer shaped? Yeah, are they, like, from 1997, flyer-shaped pretzels, all crusty and hard on the outside?
5: Is Tim Panaccio just hanging out in the corner? I hope he is.
2: <laughs> I hope he I hope he just has, like, a lifetime pass to the press. I'd next.
5: like to imagine Panaccio sitting in a, a just darkened corner, sipping Barolo, and watching everybody.
2: Oh, heck yes. Here she is, ladies there and gentlemen. There she is. Madeline Campbell, the one and only. Hello. Maddie the, Maddie. the pretzels are stale, aren't they? Uh, I knew the pretzels it. are fine. They're actually like Wawa pretzels. Oh, wow. oh really? They used to be
8: like the the super pretzels that you get on the. On so wait a minute,
2: thing. you fancy bitches are up there getting superior pretzels, while us plebes, paying customers, are left with super pretzels. See, so this is why I I'm think not paying customers it's because they're individually wrapped. Oh, and you guys are from Germany. Yeah. I I will take the special <laughs> treatment. Absolutely. I guess maybe you've earned it a little bit. The paying customers to <laughs> get all the germs.
0: <laughs>
5: Maddie, any grievances you want to air with the people?
2: Um, my grievance is Kelly yelling at me while I'm trying to cook dinner. Left- I'm doing my best here. I I made a whole wrap out of leftover salad from my lunch and ate it while sometimes forgetting to mute myself, so I don't want to hear anything.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Fancy. Ooh la la. <laughs> Maddie, what's, what's for dinner? That's what I'm more curious about than the flyers.
2: I'm making pasta. Can't
5: Wonderful. go wrong.
2: Am I right? Absolutely. All right, folks, it is... I've got to make a chicken and green beans. Oh. It's 7 p.m., which means it's about that time. For us to all go and suffer through the flyers. I think I have to do tweets, which is annoying. Um, so, yeah, if no one else has any grievances, going once, going twice. All right. Screw you guys. We're done here. Thank you very much for coming to hang out with us. Steve, Maddie, thank you for coming to hang out with me. And uh, hope everyone has a wonderful holiday weekend. Go oh, Steve. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Patrick. Good Bye, night, everybody. Happy holidays
6: to all. It's 2023, and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Frankin' Rocks.